Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. This podcast exists because we want you to win. And what is leverage? It's what you're going to need to win. Leverage is a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. It means they want you and they need you more than you need them. That's why we called it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business, which is genius. That was uh, birthed by my ly- my, preg- my lyrically pregnant <laughs> friend and co-host, Mr. Oh. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And Brent helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and not only that... Once you're there, he connects you with the pros. What more could you ask for? You can find Brent really easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound. And they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves and so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. There's no S because there is no other. Johnny D. That's right. Thank you. Yes. That's a great Thank you for that one. It was a pregnant pause. Brilliant. Yes. With your lyrically pregnant self. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just birthing lyrics. Birthing them. It's a whole litter of them. Just a Lyrical litter. How you doing, brother? Did you have a good weekend? I'm doing all right. Good yeah, Memorial just, Day weekend? Just general craziness. The yeah. family just running around. We didn't do anything real big. So, yeah. raining. Did you do some barbecuing or anything like that? No. Just a little too rainy. Rib? No. No? What did we have? I don't even remember what we had, but it was good, honey. It was good. <laughs> what am I kidding? She's never listening to this. <laughs> well, hey... Um, Real quick, if you haven't joined the Climb community, join the Climb community. Search for it on Facebook. Ask ask to be let in. We will let everybody in. And if you misbehave and you're obnoxious, we will roadhouse you. Make no mistake about that. Mm -hmm. It will always nice until it's time to not be nice. nice. A bear fell on me. That's that's right. Great community, though. Uh, You got marketing questions. You got songwriting questions. You ask it there. Brent and I... I, I think we could safely say we respond to everything. Uh, I try. Yeah, we try. Facebook sometimes doesn't show me everything. 
So in my own, in, the in our own group, it's seriously no way. Yeah, really? for real. I experienced it over my other group. It's like what? I didn't see that. Okay. Well, um, anyway, but anyway, but the, the community. See, but that's our out. Always helps it. There you go. We have plausible deniability. Yeah, Facebook <laughs> would just show us everything. Yes. Um, but uh, it's the community helping each other out. If you like this content, please share it. There's got to be a friend or a, a compadre, another musician that you know that could benefit from this. Turn them on to it. It'll make you cool, and um, and, and it helps us. Uh, you know, a referral is better than than them finding us out directly mm-hmm. online, right? Right, That's exactly, social proof. Social proof. Uh, take 30 seconds, leave a rating and review. Uh, it helps us look legit to people who are thinking about sticking their toe in the water who want to know. So uh, we, we appreciate that. And um, and finally, what's the, what's the last thing I want to mention? Did I mention everything already? I think we did. I think the I conference everything. is over. Boom, conference and is over. And yes, let's get to today. All right, so what, what are we going to learn today? All right, well, today I'm going to talk about building a hit. And I'm specifically going to talk about Blake Shelton and his current hit country single, I Lived It. So his current single, I Lived It, is living it up on the country singles chart. And so we're going to look at some of the ways the songwriters built this song to be a Blake Shelton hit. But first. Yes, we have a review. We have a review. So this review is I need a star exponent for the five stars. I think Whoa. that means that five stars is enough. Just not enough. I, now that's a review. That is star inflation. Right though. there. Okay. This is by Steve Adore. It says we've recorded six songs with Johnny Dwinnell, and the satisfaction level has always exceeded. Thank you guys. Well, that's cool. Thank you, Steve. We adore. That, that's good. Yeah, that I, review. I feel like that's. Uh, I, I, I think that's a, a name that he put in there, but that's uh, Steve from Two Moon Junction. Like uh, he's gotten. He's gotten some love from the songs that he's that he's done too. He's doing a little little bit of business with it. So. Excellent. Well, thank you, Steve. Well, we appreciate songs, it. I, think, so. I mean, you didn't have anything nice to say about me, but that's fine. It's fine, Steve. Yeah, you know, you're not recording his I mean, babies. I'm not, you're not taking I'm not care of his babies your like I am. You know, like, I, I'm take, I, I love. I, I I go out of my way. We make it happen. That's know? all right. So we appreciate the five uh, to the second or third power stars. That's right, and and uh, yeah, if you you, know, you can go to the Daredevil Production website, daredevilproduction.com. Just look under. Uh, Look under find your sound for the uh, for the discount demo deal. You know we're, we can get you in on the uh, what he's talking about is a is a uh, like a session with the A list like seriously the Nashville legends like Bobby Terry mm-hmm. like Brent Mason like Buddy Hyatt like, like Google those names some okay, people the, with some educated fingers <clears throat> yeah, yeah you don't need to Google them you can just turn on the radio and, and you'll hear it the, yeah, exactly, you'll hear yeah. them on every freaking song on the radio literally <laughs> it's right. ridiculous for the last twenty five years. But um, these are the cats that that uh, that we play in the sandbox with, and, and normally that would be out of the that would be cost prohibitive for a songwriter to do like one or two songs mm-hmm. with them. But but we set it up so to, to make that work for you. So just uh, get in touch with us there if you'd like to do that. But speaking of songs, let's learn about yes, let's learn about Blake building a hit. So Blake Shelton and I lived it. So uh, the big thing to remember here is great songs don't happen by accident. So they're a series of wise choices. So. Um, and there are four writers on this song, actually. It's Ashley Gorley, who's written, like, all the number ones. And if he didn't write it, the other writer did. Hold ben on, before, before that, say that one more time. Yes. They're a, they're, they don't happen by accident. They're a series of wise choices. A series That's of choices. That's so good. A series of wise choices, as opposed to just vomiting out a bunch of stuff it and just saying, happened. look at my song! Right, yeah. <laughs> You're always making choices, whether you deliberate over them or not. But it, if you... Wise choices. And we're going to go into some of this. But, yeah, you got four writers on this song. All of them pros all of them multi number one hit songwriters you got ashley gorley ben hayslip red akins and ross Copperman. same thing with those uh players on your demo deal just turn on the radio mm-hmm. you'll hear one of their songs most yeah. likely 
So they made some great choices when building I Lived It. So Blake wasn't a writer on this, but you know what? Neither was I. I wasn't in the room with them. I wish I were. But uh, so I can only speculate on the thought process behind this song. But being a professional songwriter myself, I can take an experienced and educated guess and, and also looked at it going, okay, what are the things that built this to be a hit? So you ready to dive in? I have, uh, I think, like four things or so. Yeah, let's hit it. All right. So the first thing is they stick to the brand. So this, I'm sure, was written to be a Blake Shelton song. I mean, overall, this song is uh, built to fit Blake's brand of country because different artists have different lanes. They have different brands. But this one really fits Blake to a T. The lyric is really country. And the song is about what it's like to grow up country. Yeah. Like, really country. So the subject matter fits... Like country country. Country country. Not right. country in a Not city. suburb country. Like, yeah, country in the middle of Oklahoma in a small town with like one courthouse and a town square around it and that's kind of it. Thing. And yeah. one light and then it's nothing but country. Country, <laughs> right. So the subject matter fits Blake. Um, and it also fits nicely beside other songs he's cut. So if you look at Blake's catalog, uh, some other songs that are... It, this pairs well with you know our songs like Green Boys Around Here Hey so there's several that are about that just that country lifestyle kind of thing mm-hmm. and have a little bit of quirkiness to them um, and this fits well within that like, if you think of your products uh, your songs as products on a shelf like this is a Blake Shelton section of the store and he's got his Coke his Cherry Coke his Diet Cherry Coke yeah. this song is like you know Vanilla Coke it's it fits well within the other Coke products Right. on this shelf it's not just like and here's a sparkly water you know that's right. like what is that doing with these no it, it fits in well with his other here's a coke and a fruit songs. juice and a fruit yeah, no, exactly no. here's an orange juice <laughs> what what uh, so yeah yeah maybe if you had vodka in it it would fit hey, more with everything is better with vodka you know fit more with Blake's uh, even your chicken thing. sauce like your cream sauce <laughs> right. okay so uh so that's a big thing they stick to his brand also the phrasing and the production are a little more traditional than they are progressive, which generally fits Blake's brand. So, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, if you've heard it, it's one of the countryer things on the radio right now. Yep. And Blake can go there. A lot of other people may not go there. Sam Hunt's not going to go there. Other people aren't going to go there. Sure. Keith Urban. But this thing really fits Blake and his brand. So they're not writing something that's totally outside of his wheelhouse. So that's a big thing. Number one is stick to the artist brand. Great for number two? Yeah. Number two is show, don't tell. So in this song, man, if you pull up the lyrics, there are a ton of images in this song. Hold on a second. Yeah. I don't want to go on to number two yet. I want to go okay. back to number one for a second. Yes. So stick to the artist brand. I mean, we've talked about this before when I did the Colin Ray record. And uh-huh. I think a lot of songwriters get a little hung up on, um, they get a little intoxicated with an opportunity, mm-hmm. maybe when they have <laughs> I'm Guilty. And, and they're like, here's everything I've ever written. And, you know... Uh, like they they could it could work. It could yeah, it's a great song, I think, right? Like it'll work, right? Don't you think so? yeah, yeah, you and me get... were pals, right, bud? You and me were pals, you and me, yeah. <laughs> right. Shut up, kid, shut up, shut up. Right. You know, so uh, but I think um you really need to be cognizant of that because if that's gonna what happens if like you get through a gatekeeper or something, mm-hmm. what happens if you have that moment, right? That one Johnny Cash moment mm-hmm. in Walk the Line where you know, what have you played that I haven't heard yet? And he's got that one, that's the mm. one moment that gets him the deal, right? Yeah. And so you get the face-to-face with the one person, and you give them a song for something that they're specifically asking for, and you ignore everything they're telling you. Right. And 
you're self-serving. And now, now, and now you look like you're self-serving. Yeah. You know? I want you to cut my song, not here's a song to help Blake. Yeah, I'm not trying to help your problem. I'm trying I want to you my, to help my problem. Exactly. Yeah. So just be aware of that. You know, like f- focus on that brand. That's a really important thing. It could be the world's greatest song in the world. Like we talked about uh, American Kids from Kenny Chesney. Uh-huh. It was passed on by Lady Annabella. Yeah. Great song. Great song. I don't think anybody in Lady Annabella is going to say, nah, we didn't think it was great. No. They're going to say, this is an amazing song. They probably said, this is a smash. Right. But, but it's not, not for us. Not for us. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, just understand that. Don't get your heart hurt. Mm-hmm. And 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 play be a student of the game. So. Right. They didn't like my orange juice. Well, they don't like orange. Yes. Yeah, they asked for cherry juice. They're citrus intolerant. <laughs> yeah. It's not, right. it's, doesn't mean the oranges aren't, are bad. It's just yeah. don't try to get them orange juice. Yeah. That was a really weird analogy. So anyway, uh, so yeah, stick to the stick to the brand. So number two is show don't tell. So if you look look at the lyric here, there are a lot of images in the song, and it puts us in those moments. It's like a series of memories. So right from the first line, we see a guy driving a, the wheels off a flatbed Ford. Then we see flies and a hole in the screen door. And so Blake's not just, you know, as the artist and, of course, the four writers aren't just telling us he grew up country. They aren't just saying he grew up country. They're showing what it's like, you know, growing up country, what it looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like, what it tastes like. Yeah, They're giving us the imagery to support that. So they're not just saying... I grew up in the middle of nowhere, and I was country, and, oh, you had to live it like I lived it. Okay, but... Yeah, because uh, I, I was country. Because I was country. Because I said so. country? Because I was living in the country, right. and there's nothing else around. Right. Because <laughs> it wasn't city. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, that's not very interesting, right? So, uh, this song, though, they give us a lot of fresh, vivid images to help the song stand apart from... Okay, the I grew up country thing is not... A new idea, right? Right. I mean, this is not... This is a... The way they built this, it's a new window into an old room. It's a room we've been in a bunch of times, or we've seen a bunch of times, because I grew up country. I mean, how many of those are there? Like, yeah. a ton of them. But, so, what do they What do they do to help it stand out? And I think part of it's just that, that fresh imagery you have that's also believable. You had, uh, you know, Mama poured grease in a Crisco can. You yeah. know, put 100,000 miles... On a Sears box fan, Uncle Joe put tobacco on my hand where them yellow jackets tore me up. I see, that's like my favorite line of the song. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Where they, and just the way they said it, put tobacco on my hand where them yellow jackets tore, tore me, me up. Tore me up. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's a country way of saying it. Yeah. He's not just singing about the country, he's singing from that point of he's, view. He's speaking the native language. He's, he is native <laughs> to the platform, yeah, that's right? right. <laughs> so it's. So it helps it to stand out because those images are just more fresh. They're not the cliche ones. That's the thing is, yeah, you can have images about truck down a dirt road. And there's a little bit of that in there. Daddy drove the wheels off a flatbed Ford. But still, it's a flatbed. you know. And then they they don't stick with those kind of cliche images. Right. Skinny dipping in the creek and, you know. Little pink toes on the dashboard. Exactly. They go in the console. Yeah, they're talking about putting 100,000 miles on a Sears box fan. And just and I'll talk about more of that kind of stuff in a minute. But the big thing on that is it, you know, Blake. How many I grew up country or I'm country songs does he get pitched right for yeah. every album? Just a, a bazillion of them. And so this is a way for that to stand out. Is melodically it's good, but also lyrically it's just. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on getting real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. 
I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. It's just believable and it's fresh. Yeah. So fresh. So, and not only that, but these images also give our number three way they built this to be hit. It gives a listener a reason to connect. Okay, so how many people can relate to growing up this way? I can with a lot of it. Yeah. Um, Johnny, I don't know if you can. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I didn't grow up in the city. I grew up right. in a small town. I, I, I didn't grow up in the South. I grew right. up in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of country up there. My, yeah, I mean, my town was... At, it's 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 swelled to eight thousand people now. Oh, but so when I was there, it was like five thousand people. Yeah, smaller than the town I grew up in. And my yeah, my uh, you know my graduating class was one hundred and eighty nine kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knew everybody else's business. Yeah, you know, we, you know, we had uh, we you know we had that town square. We had a couple things we're famous for. You know, yeah. a, a lot of small faded map dots surrounded our mm-hmm. town. That was like our high school region. Mm-hmm. Like that's the people we competed against in, yeah. in sports in, in high school and so very uh, very small town like that and yeah. we had flies and wasps and, and, all, that stuff. Yeah. and all that stuff so, <laughs> which is good so th- that's what I want to talk about they're you know they built some things in here for the listener to connect to right um, so a lot of us remember mama pouring bacon grease in a can I remember bacon grease in like an old coffee can yep I hadn't thought about it in years. I remember, you know, sitting in front of a box fan, you yeah. know, it's, and also doing the, oh, yeah. I am Darth Vader. I am Darth Vader. You know, doing that. I am your father. <laughs> Who hasn't done that? Like, oh, yeah. Um, but, it, you know, I hadn't thought about that in a while. But, we, yeah, we had the box fans going in the house and everything, or you have it, you know, set in the window to bring in some of the outside air. Um, so there are mo- so many of those things in this, in this lyric. So even if you... Basically, it's going to push the nostalgia button for a lot of listeners. Yeah. And nostalgia, you know, is a great way to connect with the listener and have them connect to your song on an emotional level and care about it. Yeah, I mean, those things like the box fan, like think about that for a second, and and drove the wheels off a flatbed truck, Yeah. Um, put 100,000 miles on a Sears box fan. This is all about like making do with what you got, right? Yeah. These are not rich people. Right, yeah. Uh, they're not just cranking the AC when it gets a little hotter outside. Mm. They've got to have a different way around it because they don't want to afford that bill. Right. You know, I mean, I remember my dad, we didn't have box fans, but mm. he didn't want to crank the AC in our house, so he put a, an attic fan in oh. that like sucked the air into yeah. the house. Yeah, we had one of those too. And so at night, he would open all the windows and pff, hit that thing, and then oh. you had like this breeze coming through, and it Love was really that. nice, but no AC. You know, yeah. I mean, we had AC, but right. like he 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 didn't want to use it. Yeah, <laughs> you know he was that guy. He's like, 
you know, next kid that touches that thermostat is going to get a size 10 and a half of their keister. You right. know what I mean? Coming from a Marine in the tone of voice that ensured he would not be misunderstood, misinterpreted, or ignored. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> but that's country. You know, that's, that is. So we had the attic fan, too, and I remember the sound of that, yeah. you know, opening up, and then the breeze, the fresh air coming through the house. Loved yeah. that. Haven't had it in years, but yeah. oh, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and another example, like if it's been years since you've thought about how cool it was to get your hands on a two dollar bill, yeah. To me, that's like the eighties, man. Yeah. You know, get like everyone's you run across a two dollar bill, and this line in the lyrics is, "Wouldn't what? Wouldn't dream about spending that two dollar bill that I got for mowing yards." Yeah. So you get a couple things in there, like mowing yards. I did a little bit of that. I remember getting attacked yep. by sweat bees. What the heck are these? You know? <laughs> yeah. And you know, a two dollar bill was really cool. No, I'm not gonna spend it. You know. Yeah. It's Mom, a novelty. Dad, yeah. Yeah. It was a novelty and. Uh, feels more valuable than two bucks, but what these are? These are like little nostalgia bombs. Yeah, it's like a photo bomb. But it's a nostalgia bomb in your brain, and boy, that releases endorphins, and it's just a great way to, you know, give you a little buzz and and to connect to the listeners' emotions and get them invested in your song. Yeah, it's not the only way to you know get the listener invested in your song, but it's a great way. And I think that's what they do with this song. It's a lot of nostalgia, but even if you can't relate to all these things or even many of these things uh, they kind of address another like you may think I'm talking crazy a different language you know you might not understand but that's all right so even if you don't can't relate to this stuff it's so interesting right like tobacco on a you know uh yellow jacket bite yeah does that like work? what <laughs> yeah, why are you born grease in a crisco kit what's crisco you know and a bo- uh-huh. it's still interesting because it's it may still be interesting to just because it's so different even if you like what did they do with the yellow jacket thing? You know, so there's still a way to be interesting, even if it's not something that you, you can really be do citified and, and still and, and be and then now it's a peek into into another world, man, another planet, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what they talk about in the it's kind of written to people that don't understand that. Yeah. But also really it's for the people that did. Because you well, know, okay. we go here's all the, that nostalgia. So, bomb. so it's like here's the in crowd. Yeah. Like we all know what we're talking about here. But it's kind of really the olive branch comes across like, hey, yeah. here's what it's like over here. You know, if you yeah. don't, if you don't, if you haven't heard about this, so Cam will tell you about it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So it's 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 inclusive, isn't it? Like it is. Yeah. It's not. Saying it's inclusive to people who don't understand it. They're saying, come on in. You know. Yeah. And here's, I'm not making this up. Yeah. yeah. So it's a great way to do it. And also, uh, the fourth thing I think they used to help build this to be a hit is they keep it moving, right? So writing, a, because this is really at its heart a sentimental, nostalgic song. And that might lead some writers to write it as a slow ballad, but not these hit songwriters. They know better. Uh, so they know that their chances of getting a cut go up as they add some tempo, some groove, or some energy to the song. So that's what they did. Yeah. You know, we listened to it right before we uh, started, and it's not, you know, by no means is it an up-tempo rocker. But they put about as much tempo on it, I think, as they could without breaking the sentimental, nostalgic vibe of the song. Mm-hmm. And so some songs are like that, like, oh, this could go ballad, but why? Right? We want to get a cut, so let's up the BPMs, the groove, the energy of it. But you can't break it, like you can't go too fast, right? Because it would kind of it would make it a completely different thing. It yeah, wouldn't, it wouldn't be nostalgic work. and, and so much sentimental. Be some, some room in the BPMs for him to to to, to spin that yarn, you know, mm-hmm. to tell that story. Like, right? Let I, some of these images sink in it, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, when we're cutting, right? Mm-hmm. Like. W- 
we're very cognizant of that. Like, you know, I'll have a stunt vocalist in there mm-hmm. singing. Like, sometimes it's the writer, sometimes it's the artist, sometimes it's, you know, one of my interns or whatever. <clears throat> and I, But I'm listening for, like, it, you know, sometimes like four BPMs makes make, makes it sound really rushed, makes it feel frenetic, mm-hmm. like makes it gives you anxiety. Right. And, the, and, the, and the singer can't, they're trying too hard to pack you know, 10 pounds of sand in a five pound bag. Right. right. And, and you don't want that to happen. You want that to kind of flow out naturally. And mm-hmm. so the lyric is really important in that and, is, and yeah. kind of letting that sink in. And hey, man, this is kind of a relaxed this country. This right. is a relaxed feel. This it was is not slower. a city song. Yeah. This is not Hollywood nights, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Somebody posted something on Facebook the other day that was like, name one song that makes you want to speed. Oh yeah, Hollywood Nights. Yeah, for I, sure. Yeah, I look down at my thing when I listen to it. Like, oh my god, yeah. yeah. Looking around for cops, like all of a sudden I'm slowing down, you know. Because, yeah. But this is this is a slow country, right? Thing, but it's mid tempo and it just allows that lyric to sink in, and he mm. gets to wax that wax on that whole that whole time. Yeah, and so even the kind of balladish thing, a sentimental nostalgic thing like this, it still has some groove, some energy to it, which is important. So. Um, you don't want to break this on that way. We did a Know the Row event uh, with Jimmy Year. He wrote I Drive Your Truck. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing we talked about was ballad versus, you know, putting more tempo on it. And it was still, it's a big song and it, it moves, but they, they couldn't move it too fast because they would have broken the emotion of it. Yeah. But they, I think, that, you know, they gave it as, kind of as much as they could without breaking it. Just because they know that that's better for radio, better to get a cut. You can't break it. Yep. You didn't go too fast. And they didn't do that, obviously. And this song here too, I think they they gave what they could give it without breaking it. Yeah, which is which is smart. You know, they they right up against it. Yeah, but they it's don't go cool. too far. There's only, I mean, there's only one problem that I have with this whole, with the song and the video combination and everything. Okay, and that is if you look at the video at the very end, <laughs> uh, Blake is carving in years uh-huh. into this tree. Yeah. Okay, and. Uh, there's this moment where he's he's doing like it's like, like the, 25 years ago or something, yeah. and it looks like a they cast it really well in they the did. sense that it looks like a young version, like an 18 year old Blake or something, right? But Blake the way he looks Blake. right now, and you pointed out, Brett, well, there's one problem. <laughs> He doesn't have a mullet. I know. It's like he had a mullet. I know. So, the sixteen-year-old Blake. So he lived that mullet. Yeah, he had that. So that that that's, they were disingenuous. There. I know. It's like calling Blake. Him out. <laughs> I know you had the. You should have gone for it, man. Just gone. There. And they were showing in the and video, guys. It. They show like old pictures of Blake, like with a guitar, mm-hmm. and he's like four years old or five years yeah. old. One when he's like I think fourteen or something like that. Yeah. That sort of appear in the water and appear in like this dust cloud. Dust, and, yeah. Uh, it's really kind of cool. It's a it's, it's cool. a it's a well done video, except for that one. Like, Just I'm that calling, one thing took me out of it. I'm calling BS on that. I know exactly. <laughs> so other than that, it's pretty strong. What happened to the mullet? I know. Uh, but yeah, I just want to. You know, share with the, the four areas in which Ashley Gorley, Ben Hayslip, Red Akins, and Ross Copperman built I Lived It to be a hit song. Of course, these aren't the only elements that make I Lived It a hit, but they are four important ingredients. So, uh, but you know what? I don't want to just give you a little bit. I always like to give an opportunity okay. at the end of these. So, you know, if you want to discover even more elements of building a hit, I have a great opportunity for you. So, all the month of July, I'm hosting a transformative online event called Building the Hit from blank page to finish lyric. So it's a powerful four-week online workshop. So you meet once a week for four weeks online from anywhere in the world. And here's what we talk about. Uh, you'll learn how to uh, 
how to find great song ideas. So basically kill writer's block and fill up the blank page again and again, right? Mm-hmm. You'll I'll reveal how to focus your ideas for maximum impact. So don't waste any more great ideas by leaving them underdeveloped or confusing because that's just brutal. Like, oh, I had a great title, a great idea, and I clanked it, right? Mm-hmm. And also I'm going to reveal how to frame your idea for maximum commercial appeal. So it's having a great compelling idea really isn't enough. You want to build it in a way like these guys did on this song that an artist will want to sing it and an audience will want to hear it. The way you frame it, like these guys framed it with fresh, compelling imagery, enough tempo to keep it moving without breaking it, that kind of stuff. It's how you frame your song. And also I want to reveal how to some techniques to help you finish your song. Because leaving your best ideas unfinished is worthless. I mean, no one's ever going to love a song that they never hear. And a song that's only 99% finished will never get recorded, never get on the radio, never change your life. So I'm going right. to give you some techniques to help you finish up those great ideas. Uh, but if you want to join me on a journey that's going to help you think like a pro and write like a pro, basically just go to giftfrombrent.com, download my free ebook. What that does is get you on the uh, Songwriting Pro Insiders list. Mm-hmm. And so I'll send you all the information about it. And uh, you check it out and join us. Space is limited. I only do this once every six months. Okay. So I won't be doing it again for a while. And we're only, you know, just a few spots available because it's it's interactive and, and it's a small crew. So if you want to join that, check it out at giftfrombrent.com. You get all the details there and just watch your email. Awesome. Great. I mean, hey, you know what? <clears throat> you got to spend... <clears throat> 33% of your life with your peers, writing with your peers. If you're mm-hmm. going to be a good artist, you should spend 33% of the time that you spend writing, like helping people come up, right? Yeah, yeah. That maybe you're a little farther on your journey and then. But most people don't go and actively seek out the other 33%, which is writing above you and, and getting yeah. around teachers, getting around and somebody that can show you something. And I tell you what, nothing gets your juices flowing. Nothing gets you more excited than after you get like a bunch of new ideas and a bunch of new perspectives on something oh, yeah. that you're so passionate about. And you're like, I never thought of that at all. Oh, yeah. And then you just go home and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get going on it. You know, and it, get, it reinvigorates you, right? Mm-hmm. It sort of gets it going again. So, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Once again, join the Climb community on Facebook if you haven't already. It's uh, Just search for Climb community on Facebook. Ask to be let in. We let everybody in. And we'll roadhouse you if you're obnoxious. Uh, share it with people. If, if, if you like this, somebody else is going to like it too. Mm-hmm. And uh, let, them know, uh, let them know about it. Turn them on to it. Send them to it. Uh, subscribe. That's what I forgot yeah, at the beginning. Uh, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That, that way it automatically comes into your podcast player every Tuesday morning and every Friday for the mini-sodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are just like little value bombs that are less than 15 minutes long. Real quick pieces of information that are designed to give you quick wins. It is all there automatically. And then finally, take a couple seconds and leave a rating and review on iTunes. It helps us look legit to everybody else. You'll look cool, and we will make you famous and read it on the air. There you go. So this podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top.